Hello and welcome to another episode of Ed Choice Chats. I'm Alexis Price, a marketing coordinator and actually new voice on this podcast. Uh, this is my first time on the um, the podcast since starting here last January, so um, that's pretty exciting, terrifying, but exciting. Um, I'm joined today with Drew Cat, our director of state research and special projects, and we are here to talk about Jane the Virgin for our school choice and pop culture podcast. So thanks for joining me, Drew. Yeah. It's great to be here. So, Alex, would you kind of tell our viewers, listeners, those that aren't familiar, what Jane the Virgin is about? Yeah. So, it's essentially about a woman who is a virgin. Um, and she is, in the very first episode, accidentally, artificially inseminated. It's a mouthful. Um, and so, she goes in for an annual checkup. Obviously, there's an incident. And um, because it's an accident, the her current boyfriend is not the biological father, so um, the show then just follows her journey for the next five seasons um, of becoming a mother and dealing with um, sort of this love triangle, I guess. And it's set up to kind of mirror a telenovela, which is um, a Latin American soap opera. So it has a flair for the dramatic. So there's a love triangle. There's crime. There's long lost relatives that you didn't know existed. Um, things like that. So it's pretty fun. Um, and dramatic. So you seem pretty knowledgeable about the show. Yeah, so <laughs> I've been with Jane the Virgin since the beginning, and season five just wrapped up a couple months ago, and I've watched every season at least two, if not three times, besides the final one, because it's not on Netflix, but um, I'm a little bit of an aficionado, okay. I would say. What about you? Uh, I've caught a few episodes here and there. It's one of my wife's favorite shows, and uh, she and my sister-in-law talk about it a lot, so yeah. I, I hear snippets, and um, I've watched maybe two or three full episodes, including uh, the one that's featured today. Yeah, so this is season four. Um, Mateo, Jane, and Raphael's son, is of school age now, so they are trying to figure out where they want to send him to school, and um, Raphael is a bit of a hotel tycoon at the beginning of the show. Um, so he's pretty rich, and they never really had to worry about where they were going to send Mateo to school before, um, but Raphael lost his inheritance, so he's kind of broke right now. Um, so well, let's go ahead and play this first clip. Um, they are going on a tour of the neighborhood public school. I don't sell real estate. I buy it. Priorities, please. This is going to be Mateo's school for the next six years. Six years? No way. One tops. I'm getting my money back. Well, even so, we might love it. I have great memories of the public kindergarten I went to. Here? No, this one was overcrowded and I was reassigned. But don't worry, okay? Class sizes are capped in Florida now. So just give it a chance, okay? No way in hell is Mateo going there. Now I see why their ratings are so low. The building is falling apart. I'm so sorry, hon. I know you wanted to love it. It is so unfair. It has half the budget of public schools in wealthier districts. How is that okay? I, I mean, it's a vicious cycle. Rich kids get better schools, better education, get into better colleges, earn more money, put it back into their schools. Preach, mama. Could you ever convince Rafael to go Catholic? It's way less expensive than private. Roe, I mean, we could probably afford it. Isn't he still paying off the De La Vega Factor Factor lawsuit? Yeah, but I've seen our finances. We can spare it. Let me check if there are any openings first before asking Dad and Raphael. But thank you. Cool. Okay, so a lot to unpack. There. That is a lot. <laughs> so who's that character there at the end? Uh, in the pink shirt. Yeah. Um, that's her mom. So that's uh, Ziamara or Zoe. Okay. 
Yeah, and that's that's really interesting. So for those of you that are not familiar with school choice in the state of Florida, which is where the show takes place. Yeah, uh, Miami. The Miami area. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is the uh, McKay Scholarship, which I'm not sure whether or not uh, Mateo mm-hmm. has special needs, so I'm not sure whether or not he'd qualify. Uh, and then the, the tax credit scholarship program, he may qualify, but there might be a little issue, it sounds like, with the family finances. Since that there is an income limit on that program, and usually the income is determined by previous year tax return in a lot oh. of states. So if his last tax return showed he had a fair amount of money, even though he doesn't currently, they may or may not qualify depending on you know, how um, the scholarship funding organization looks at the finances, whether it's current paycheck or um, previous tax return. Yeah, because even just a couple months ago, Rogelio had a fair amount of money, so his tax return would have reflected that. Um, And Florida has five school choice programs right now, correct? Mm -hmm. And two of them are for special needs. Mm -hmm. So I actually had a question about that. So um, a couple episodes later, we don't get into it in any of these clips today, but Mateo is diagnosed with ADHD. Mm. And from my understanding, I don't think that would be protected under IDEA or anything like that, correct? Uh, it depends on whether or not he receives a diagnosis in an IEP gotcha. through the school. Gotcha. And I don't think they go into that. But would that be something that would qualify him for the McKay scholarship or anything like that? Um, I would have to double check the student eligibility criteria, but mm-hmm. I believe he would qualify for the McKay, but not the... Um, Gardner program, which is mm. the ESA program in the state, because it is very, very specific with um, what disabilities, diseases, or illnesses a student um, has to have a diagnosis for in order to be eligible. Gotcha. I think the last thing I want to touch on in here, another question for you. Mm. <laughs> um, so, Zoe, Jane's mother, says that Catholic school is cheaper than private. Is that true is that just like generally true or is she making like a pretty broad assumption there um you know based on the surveys of private schools that i've done in various states i haven't really looked at catholic versus non-catholic but um in general a lot of uh, church affiliated schools including catholic schools are going to have a uh, lower tuition or sticker price uh, and in a lot of places, that's because it's the mission of the church to serve the disadvantaged and the needy. And they will um, take donations from the congregation and apply that towards scholarships okay. for students in order sense. to offset the full, the full cost. And especially if you're comparing to the NAIS schools, which is the uh, National Association of Independent Schools, those are usually... Uh, what a lot of people in our nation think of when they hear the word private school, the, the elite boarding schools, these mm-hmm. large private academies that are far from the norm of what a private school is. Okay. Now, I'm also interested in uh, your take on uh, the mention of like school grading and, and the facilities and how much those matter for a learning environment. I know we, we both grew up going to the same school district. You had yeah. a slightly better <laughs> high school in terms of facilities than I did. and. I don't know. I felt like oh yeah, because you were at a, the old high school, right? Yeah, I the old feel like school. I still got a good education, even with the building yeah. not having air conditioning. But <laughs> yeah, I I was thinking about that too. So yeah, we came from same town, same school district, 
Um, and when I started, we, our town built a new school. And I think about, I think back to my public school education, and by no means do I think that I had it terrible or that I was gypped. Um, you know, I, I, I turned out okay, I think. I'd like to think so. I mean, we're both here. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, if I were to have children someday, would I send them to the school that I went to? Probably not. Um, just because I think, you know, I, I, most likely my child is not going to turn out like me. And, you know, for me, the traditional public school model, it worked because of who I am. It worked for me. But, you know, say our child is more so like my partner. Um that model didn't really work for him. So we'd have to really evaluate our options. And then just going into the her talking about the infrastructure of the school and things like that is really interesting because, I don't know, there's just so much to unpack there because you get into the arguments of, you know, public school funding and things like that. Yeah, no, it, it was really interesting to me that the, t- the connection that she made in the, sh- in the clip about the school grade and the quality of the mm-hmm. facilities because quality facilities doesn't impact... Uh, the school letter grade or the number or the star rating uh, for mm. any of the states. So that's kind of interesting that she made that connection. Yeah. Let's see what this next clip has. Is there anything that you want to set up for the next one? I don't think so. Um, this is her dad that she's talking to. Um, he's a pretty big telenovela star, um, so he has a little bit of money, but he's going through a lawsuit issue right now. So. And Alejandro is the ugliest kitten I have ever seen! Uh, bad time? Of course not. I always have time for my beloved daughter. Oh, thanks, Dad. Just make a snappy. I have 10 minutes. Right, so the short version. I found a great Catholic school with one spot left. It'd be perfect for Mateo. It's just the cost. Say no more. I will pay for everything your heart desires in the near to long-term future. I'm not following. Well, I'm having a few very trendy financial issues. It's possible that I overspent a bit this past few years, so I'm tracking Johnny Depp's lawsuit against his business managers to see how that plays out. If Johnny loses, I know it's my fault that I bought that timeshare in Cancun and part of that vineyard after my business managers warned me not to. But if Johnny wins, then I can sue them for my own financial negligence and I am back in the game, baby. Got it. Don't worry, I'll find the $8,000. Wait, only $8,000? Why didn't you say so? That's less than I spent to shoot Ricardo Montalban's hashes into space. You can swing that? But of course. This is the deal of a lifetime. I'm telling you, you'd be crazy not to get in on it. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Sorry. You know how I feel about Catholicism? All that doom and gloom stuff? It's not what I believe in. Do you believe in a great education? Can you please stick on my back, please, please, please? Yes. Sure. Come on.
us tickle less hard? I just have to say I love Rogelio so much. He's so over the top. <laughs> He's just enjoyable to watch. Again, a lot to unpack there, too. So, um, I don't know what you know about their relationship with Catholicism in terms of their relationship and mm. raising Mateo, um, but Raphael is pretty anti-religion, anti-Catholic. He grew up that way, um, had a bad experience, essentially. Okay. Um, Jane, her mother, her grandmother, um, all of their beliefs are very much rooted in that. Her, her grandmother is a first-generation first immigrant, very much preaches Catholicism, and um, Jane went to a Catholic school. So that that's a big part of who she is. And then they have a lot of um, a lot of arguments about how they should raise Mateo and, you know, praying and things like that and kind of what 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 they want to do for him in terms of that. So um, Jane proposing this idea for a school. Obviously, she went to talk to her father first to get the money and didn't really um, talk to Raphael about it. So the fact I'm still just like, oh, eight thousand dollars. That's nothing. Yeah. Like, man, I wish we all had yeah. someone in our lives that could do that for our children because mm -hmm. so many of us don't. No. And that's why it's great that, you know, states like Florida have the programs that are in place for the families that, you know, don't just have the the children that don't just have a grandparent that can Swing $8,000 just like it's shooting someone's ashes into space. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, mean, I think you really kind of just hit it on the head with that. You mm -hmm. know, obviously this is a work of fiction. You know, like I said, flair for the dramatic. So, of course, he's a big star. And, you know, you have, you have Raphael who is pretty well off. And like I said, they didn't really have to think about where they were going to send Mateo to school um, before this point because they could kind of just send him wherever. So this is the first time that um, Jane, as a mother, is really experiencing, you know, what it's like to come up short monetarily um, and not be able to send your kid exactly where you thought you were going to. Because um, she, she comes from a, a low-income background. I mean, at, she even currently, she's a waitress and a grad student, so she's not making a whole lot of money. I remember those days, yeah. So, you know, she's she's had... Raphael to kind of lean on in terms of supporting supporting their son so mm -hmm. and I think that that last part of the clip the whole like all caps is yelling I feel like there's so many people on social media my dad included that could learn that lesson absolutely <laughs> yeah uh, so with that is there anything uh, to set up for this next clip I don't think so I think we can just kind of dive right in so okay. go ahead we need to talk about Mateo's school situation because of my accident, I missed the appointment for Our Lady of Mercy, and now we don't even have the option of Catholic school. Can you not smile? That was the best option we had. I have another one. Did you know that your parents live in the Albemarle School District? It's a great public school with a nine rating, plus music, art, TK. We can enroll Mateo next year using their address. And lie about where we live? Of course. Of course your option is to lie. Why am I surprised? And that's not fair. But it's true. I mean, that's what you do. You try to game the system. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? You grew up rich and entitled, and you think that the rules don't apply to you. It was your grandmother's idea. Yeah. So as you're climbing off your high horse, 
Try not to break your other leg. Well, hello, douche Jane. I don't understand. You told Rafael that we should lie to get Mateo into a better school? Eso hicimos contigo. What? ¿Te acuerdas los años que estuviste en la escuela pública? Cuando te reubicaron porque la escuela estaba llena. Bueno, no estaba llena. Solamente que no era buena. You used somebody else's address? De una amiga de la iglesia. Hasta que pudimos ahorrar para meterte en la escuela católica. ¿Qué más podíamos hacer? Era tu educación, tu futuro. Era todo para nosotros. Lo cual te hubieras dado cuenta hace dos años. Pero tenías el dinero de Rafael para ayudarte. So Jane has a little bit of a rude awakening there, something that she didn't really realize. And, you know, typically I would have to say that Raphael is usually in the wrong, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, he does come across kind of entitled. So, you know, she often does assume or, you know, kind of use that as a mode of argument, you know, um, against him. Um, but in this case, it was something that her abuela did. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously if we go back to that first clip when she's talking about um, the the school that she they were touring, um, she would have went there, but it was overcrowded because um, they've always kind of lived in the same neighborhood. So, yeah, I kind of wonder like how many people out there had a parent or grandparent lie about their school district, and they themselves have no idea. It's kind of yeah. fascinating to yeah. think about. Yeah, I mean, because what what do you do in that situation? You know, like do you, when. When you have a small child who is going to a school, like, overcrowding seems like a pretty good excuse. How are they going to explain, um, you know, that they don't actually live in that district or, you know, something like that? And we'll get into that later with Mateo because um, they, they end up following through with this. Spoiler. Um, and they use, um, use her parents' address. Um, but I had another question for you. So mm. I think I read in... It might have been an episode review somewhere. I might have to go back and check. But somebody had said that in Florida, there is an open enrollment process to where the school district or the school that um, is in Rowan Zoe's, her parents' um, neighborhood, if that was not filled to capacity, that Mateo would be able to enroll and they wouldn't have to lie about the address. Is that accurate? Oh, that's a... Really good question. Because I don't not, really know anything about yeah. open enrollment, especially, I don't know anything about Florida too much. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm familiar with open enrollment, but I'm not sure, like, state-specific policy uh -huh. around it. I just know more, like, what, which states do or do not allow inter- or intradistrict transfers, mm -hmm. thanks to the Education Commission of the States report that is released every now and then. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a great table uh, on the ECS website if you're interested in that sort of thing. But no, in terms of the particulars... Like I know that some school, some some states and some districts, like you can only transfer at the beginning of a semester. I don't know if others allow it per quarter or by month or ad hoc, whenever. But yeah, yeah that is really interesting. Okay, that's something that I'll look into then because I I had wondered. Mm -hmm. It was like here in Indiana. Um, it's basically if you are at capacity, you do not have to accept any out of district transfers. Uh, so there are a 
handful of um, basically uh, wealthier white suburban districts north of downtown that are uh, in that area of being at or over capacity and not accepting out-of-district transfers. In fact, my one of my wife's friends, uh, this is probably like two or three years ago, um, they were doing some family planning and so she was just you know, having a conversation with her principal about like, oh, yeah, it'd be great for my kid to go here. And he was like, well, you'd have to move into the district. She's like, what? And she's like, yeah, we're way over capacity. Unless you live in the district, your child cannot go here, even if you are a teacher at the school. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little extreme, but I, I understand it from a class space perspective. Yeah. But yeah, no, if there's room, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, the difference between uh, what is allowable in policy and what happens in practice can be right. uh, astounding. <laughs> yeah. It's also terrible to hear that, you know, one one missed deadline and one piece of paper not being in the right place at the right time means that their child cannot go to the school that mm-hmm. she wanted him to go to. Yeah. Because, yeah, after a long fight, she finally got Raphael to agree because that was seemed like the best option. Yeah, and she missed her meeting because of her accident, so. I remember she was jumping off a roof to impress a boy or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, we don't get into that, but she was she's dating someone who is a little more young. Yeah, she jumped off a roof. <laughs> so. Which, the dating someone else because the relationship with her son's father was not a relationship before he became her son's father. Right. She's still, like. So many things going on that we don't even have time to get into. <laughs> Um, but yeah, anything else you want to say about this clip before we move on? I mean, there's a lot there, but I think we'll have more to talk about when we watch these next. Yeah. I'm still just struck by, I want, I still wonder how many, how many people, like how many of you out there, if you talk to your parents, your grandparents mm-hmm. can find out that they lied about the address. If so, reach out. We'd love to have you featured on our blog, hear your story. Absolutely. And it's also scary to think about, you know, how many states have, resource officers that will follow parents home from school to make sure that they live where they actually live. Really? Because it is a crime to lie about your address. Yeah. I didn't know they had people like that. Follow mm-hmm. them home. I've, I've heard a few stories, uh, especially out of New Jersey, I believe. Hmm. Yeah. Well, with that, um, I think we have at least one more clip. Yeah, I think we have two more. Perfect. Yeah. The financial privileges you've given this family has been huge and parenting without it is going to be harder and lead to making harder choices and so let's do it use my parents address (laughs) don't worry it won't be for long because i'm gonna get it all back the money the, the hotel everything okay but until then the family going to need to make some changes. You know, if someone were playing a drinking game while watching Jane the Virgin, they would get totally obliterated with how, by how if you drank every time Raphael said he was going to get his money back. Mm. <laughs> He's very reliant on that. So yeah, in this clip, essentially, you, you see that Jane agrees um, to use her parents' address. And um, they go forward with it, and you'll see that you know, Mateo's been there for couple weeks when we get to the the next clip it's a few episodes later and he's been there for a while but yeah okay let's just dive right into that next one real quick i can't believe petra didn't tell you i know 
and I need to be done with that. With all the lying. Which is why I don't want Mateo lying about his school. What? No, it's, that isn't okay. fair. Okay, hold no, on. we made this decision, and I hold get that on. you're suddenly... So I found a studio apartment in your parents' school district, and I just signed the lease. What? I sold my car. Paid through the year. Oh. I'll take the bus to work, or carpool with you. You can totally carpool with me. You got an apartment? Don't get too excited. It's super small. I didn't even know they made them that small. It sounds amazing. Okay, so to provide a little context, right before this, at the beginning of the episode, Mateo makes his first friend at school, and um, Jane and Rafael come to pick him up, and Mateo's like, can we have a play date? Can we have a play date, please? And Jane's like, yeah. And then before she can get out the rest of the sentence, Mateo is inviting the kid to come over to his house right now. And um, the other kid's parents are there. So it becomes this, you know, pretty comedic scene where Raphael runs over to Zoe and Rose and is trying to set up the house to make it look like it's theirs. Mm -hmm. Jane is stalling. They get there. The parents eventually find out um, that it's not theirs, not their house, but they're they're pretty cool with it. They're like, you know, some other parents aren't as cool as we are. Um, so, you know, just be careful. Um, and Jane and Raphael have this moment where they realize, you know, they had to make Mateo lie about where he lives. And they, you know, they feel uncomfortable with making him lie. Um, so you have this this sweet moment and where it's kind of everything's wrapped up in a little bow, you know, with Raphael moving into the district and things like that. So so then my question is, so do they move in with him or does he just live there? No, he lives there. So because Raphael and Jane, they're just co-parenting right. they're not together. So Jane still lives um, in her childhood mm-hmm. home. And then I, I don't know what they do in terms of custody, so I don't know how that yeah. works. Because I know there, there can be some issues around, like, what is the main the main residence versus secondary mm-hmm. residence for a child and, like, what district they can get into. So, I mean, depending on the state laws and yeah. policy, they could still be, quote, unquote, lying about where he lives full time. Yeah. Which is fascinating. And I would assume just yeah. because of how Jane is. I mean, I'm sure right. you could tell but from the few episodes you've seen that mm-hmm. she's pretty controlling and, you know, likes to have things her way. So And the rule follower. Yeah, she's the rule follower. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so obviously, you know, in real life, things aren't wrapped up this nicely. Mm-hmm. And it's not always easy for people to just move into a district. You know, we talk about that all the time where that's a big reason for school choice programs because not everyone – has the means to just uproot their lives and move to another neighborhood or another city or whatever it is. Very few of us have the means to just, oh, I'll just get an extra studio apartment just so my kid can go to the school. Although, you know, you hear that it happens. Yeah. But that's just, wow. And I think at this point in time, um, since, like, Raphael lost his inheritance, he lost the hotel, which he lived in, like, a penthouse in the hotel or something. So at this point, he was living with Jane, her mother, and her grandmother, and Mateo, all in this one house. Um, so I don't think he had a house okay. or anything at this point. Um, but yeah, so he sold his car, I guess, which mm-hmm. I, I assume was a pretty pretty luxurious car if you got to keep that. So <laughs> Yeah, anything else you want to touch on with this? No, it just shows the importance of not mandating that you have to go to the school based on where you live. Because... 
it might not be the best fit. It might be a good fit. It might be a, an okay fit. You you might still, you know, get out of your hometown and go off, go to college and find yourself at a wonderful nonprofit working on education policy research, but <laughs> that doesn't happen for everyone. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm sure there were a lot of people that were in my class that it wasn't the best fit for them. I'm sure you could probably think of some people that it, you know, that yeah. school wasn't the best fit for them either. Yeah, I have four other siblings, and we are all very different. Mm. You know, so I, I always think about, I mean, since starting here especially, I think about, you know, how would my sister, how would my brother have done differently in school if they went somewhere else, yeah. you know? I mean, I, I think these clips really put all that in perspective, kind of takes it back to the roots of school choice, if you will. Mm -hmm. And it shows, like, what lengths parents will go to to ensure that their child has selling the, their cars yeah. <laughs> and i think that happens you know you mm -hmm. hear stories about that happening um people selling cars people selling whatever they can or working you know two three jobs to make sure that they have a little bit extra to to pay for the child's school so yeah and it's you know in an ideal world zip code wouldn't matter income wouldn't matter we'd have programs in every state where children are allowed to attend any school that they and their parents identify as the best fit for them. Yep. So. I think that's a good note to end on. Yeah. We're getting there. <laughs> yeah. We're just getting started. Yep. So thank you for joining me. Yeah. yeah um, it's great to be here, Alexis. Thank you so much. Yeah. For my first podcast. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Video nonetheless. Yeah. Going um, big. Yeah. So thanks for joining us for this episode of um, Ed Choice Chats, our school choice and pop culture series. Um, subscribe on wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on Twitter at EdChoice and we'll see you next time.